0: And i'm going to be reading from verse 10 to 15 so if you could please follow with me in your bibles the brothers immediately sent paul and silas away by night to berea and when they arrived they went into the jewish synagogue now these jews were more noble than those in thessalonica they received the word with all eagerness examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there to and then agitating and stirring up the crowd. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off On his way to the sea but silas and timothy remained there those who conducted paul brought him as far as athens and after receiving a command for silas and timothy to come to him as soon as possible they departed let's pray father thank you again for the sacred scriptures thank you for your word thank you holy spirit for working in men giving us your word and thank you that we can learn from your word and we can grow in the grace and knowledge of the lord jesus christ as we learn from your word and i pray that we would come here this morning come here clothed in humility come here teachable come here wanting to learn so that we can not just be hearers of the word but doers so help us, Father. Again, we, we learn from Paul how faithful he is to the Scriptures, to preaching Christ crucified, to to preaching Christ, which is the gospel, all about Him. And we just thank you for for such a faithful man. But help us, Father, to listen now, and help me to be clear and understood. Please watch over my tongue as I preach. May I be faithful to what Your Word says. Pray us this morning. jesus name amen you've probably heard people say bible study or church you must be like librarians and search the scriptures and here we are at such a passage and i want to look at or my heading for my sermon is noble-minded christian and that's what i want to look at this morning Do we see ourselves as noble-minded christians by the word noble i mean good excellent but when it comes into the context of noble-minded christian then i mean do we have an excellent attitude or a good attitude a good behavior is our character one of being unselfish in hearing the word of god do you come here on a sunday morning giving your pastor the opportunity to preach the word give him a fair hearing of the word do you come do you come as a noble-minded christian do you come as an unselfish person in wanting to hear what god's word has to say what the scriptures have to say. Not what the the preacher says, but what what he says from the sacred scriptures. It's important that we we are noble-minded Christians. It's important that we give people a fair hearing when they want to share the gospel or when you know of someone that says, Mark, I actually disagree with, with, um, with what you teach about homosexuality. Can I bring the scriptures and teach you from the scriptures while I agree with homosexuality? And I should say, yes, I should give that person a fair hearing say, yes, come bring the scriptures. Then I should be an over-minded Christian and bring the scriptures as well and we can sit and have a lovely debate over the scriptures, not over our feelings, our emotions, our opinions, but what God's Word says. We don't demonstrate from our, our imagination or what we've heard, we want to demonstrate the truth from the scriptures. And we want to open up the Scriptures. The one person telling me why I'm wrong, will open up the Scriptures. If they're a Christian, obviously, and me being a Christian, a Christian will open up the Scriptures and see if he's telling me the truth or not. And I think when it comes to proclaiming the Gospel, the Good News, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, is I think we don't do it from the Scriptures. As often as we should we saw when paul was in thessalonica how he reasoned out of the scriptures with the jewish folk in the synagogue there's a time not to reason out of the scriptures like we can see that when paul comes to athens but if you are going to witness to religious people and people that say they know the bible and but you know that they they're not saved because you can see it in their fruit and you can see it how they live they're just religious people going to church because they think that makes you saved or doing things out of works righteousness then it's important that we witness to them from the scriptures but do we do we actually do anything from the scriptures and that's just the honest question. When we go to coffee with other Christians, brothers and sisters, do we ever fellowship and reason out of the scriptures, or do we just talk generally about something, but we are not sure if we are hitting the mark if we are talking about something from the scriptures. A man that was a noble-minded Jewish believer was Ezra. He set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to preach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. He's a great example to follow as a noble-minded Jew. He studied the Scriptures. He lived the Scriptures. And then he taught them. What a great example. No point studying the Scriptures and then you teach them, but you don't live them. You don't, you're not an exemplary person. And people don't need to listen to you you're not living the life the gospel calls us to live a godly life noble-minded christians read the scriptures they study the scriptures because they want to know god they want to know god's word and then they are committed to practicing what they know james says prove yourself doers of the word and not merely a hearer who deludes themselves James 1.22. So if you had to ask James the question, James, what, what do you have to do to be a Christian? So what does a Christian look like today? Is he a doer of God's word? Not just talk it, talk it, talk it, but does he do it? Does he apply it to his life? Do we see ourselves as noble-minded Christians? Because what we see here in Berea is Paul's attitude, the speaker. And we see the Bereans' attitude, the is. We see their noble-minded attitude to the Scriptures. Now it's amazing how we always say we must be like the Bereans. But the Bereans here are believing Jews. But actually they're unbelievers because they're not Christians. And it's amazing, Paul brings the Gospel of Christ to them and they open up the Torah. They open up their Bible to see what he's saying from the Scriptures is true. And the principle here is do you go home and see what I'm saying from the scriptures is true? Are we noble minded Christians or do we just take yes, 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 when the person talks, okay, I I agree, I believe. But do we go back and search the scriptures? So as we turn our attention now to Acts chapter 17 verses 10 to 15 if we get to the second thing I would like to look at two things to show what noble-minded Christians look like. There's always that saying, if you haven't bought your Bible yet this morning, then sit next to a Christian. So, but I'm not here to put anybody on the spot. I personally think, we're living in a time, and I know your Bible's on the phone, but we should bring our Bibles to church. This is the written Word of God. This is the authoritative Word of God. What does the world see us when we come to church? Do they see us loving God's word? Carrying God's word? I know we can say we carry it on our phone. But it gets lost on our phone. We should try and go back to coming to church and coming with our Bibles. And let's, let's, let's read the word together. Let's follow together. Let us really learn from the scriptures. Let's see what the pastor is saying is true. And when we meet in Home Fellowship Group, it's so good to meet in Home Fellowship Group and see how we do reason out of the Scriptures. If someone says something, we always say, well, I'm not too sure if that is really true. Let's just see what the Scriptures say. Because we'll we'll see now when we come to these two things. But the first thing that shows us what noble minded Christians look like is they receive the Word with eagerness. Now, like i said yeah the the bereans were believing jews they were not christians they were not saved yet but they received the word with eagerness paul brought them their scriptures the old testament scriptures he was saved he was a christian he's come to witness christ to them he's come to reason out of the scriptures and the beautiful thing is they are so eager to receive from the word what paul has to say and like i said paul has left thessalonica pressure and persecution came upon him from some jealous unbelieving jews and therefore paul and silas had to immediately leave thessalonica by night and travel plus minus 81 kilometers down to berea or across to berea What do they do when they arrive in Berea? What does Paul do? He doesn't take a day off and go sightseeing. He goes straight to the synagogue. But it doesn't mean if he got there at 3 o'clock in the morning, he went straight to the synagogue. When people arrived at the synagogue, that's where he went and witnessed the gospel, proclaimed the gospel, which is all about the person and work of Christ, the gospel of Christ. But what amazes me about Paul, let's just let's interact with this for a bit, is that he does not allow his circumstance to get in the way of what he does. Philippi, he was persecuted. In Thessalonica, he was persecuted. By who? Unbelieving Jews in the synagogue. So where does he go to? When he arrives in Berea? To the synagogue. You think, Paul, are you a fool? You know what's going to happen there? Are you, as we say, a sucker for punishment? But Paul, he has a work to do. He's been kicked out of the synagogue in Thessalonica and when he gets to Berea, he goes straight into the synagogue which tells us that Paul is not controlled by circumstances. He's controlled by the love of Christ. The love of Christ controls him. He knows that if we go back to um, Acts chapter 9, and we read somewhere in in chapter 9, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And that's jesus talking to ananias and ananias has to take this to paul Paul knows he's going to suffer for christ we all should know that that we're going to suffer for christ those who live godly lives will be persecuted those who stand up for the truth will be persecuted is it easy now we need to encourage each other to stand up for the truth but paul is controlled by the love of christ that that compels him to go and proclaim Christ and Then in 2 Timothy 2 he writes to Timothy and he writes remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead The offspring of David as preached in my gospel for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal But the word of God is not bound. No one can bound God's word Verse 10 therefore I endure everything I endure every hardship every difficulty For the sake of the elect for the sake of the chosen that they also may obtain salvation that is in christ jesus with eternal glory he doesn't know who the chosen are i don't know who the chosen are i don't know who the elect are but he goes for the sake of the elect and it's sad sometimes when we witness to someone and they don't believe what you say for the first time you go there, you take your Bible, you reason out of the Scriptures, you, you, you witness to this person, and then suddenly they don't believe what you say. And you walk away and say, well, they're not chosen, I've given up. No! We don't know what God is doing in that person's heart. God can save that same person that you've said that two, three years later. Just because someone doesn't agree with the Gospel and says no, it doesn't mean they're not chosen. We need to to endure witnessing. Was it easy? No. We just have to look at Paul's life. What controls us? Is it our circumstance? Or is it the love of Christ that controls us to do things when we we go through difficult times? Do we allow our circumstance to determine how we live in obedience to God? When things don't go our way, we just... Ignore God's obedience and God's word. which just carry on disobedient, rebellious Christians. But he didn't do that. He was faithful even in the midst of his struggle. Even in the midst of being run out of town, he immediately goes right back to work, right back into the synagogue, right back to the wall, where he faithfully proclaims the gospel of Christ. Because that's what he's called to do. And we're all called to be the salt and light in this world. We're all called to be faithful witnesses. Through our words or through our works. Paul walks by faith and not by sight. He trusts in God's sovereignty and providence as he enters into these synagogues. He doesn't know what the outcome is going to be. He could assume he's going to get... Persecuted because that's what happened all the time. The jealousy rises up amongst the unbelieving Jews. But it's amazing. He goes to this synagogue and it says, in the synagogue, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They gave Paul a fair hearing. They allowed him to come in and proclaim christ but at the same time they were willing to receive the word they were willing to yes let's let's give paul a fair hearing let's let's sit down and let's receive the word with eagerness let's let's listen to what he has to say and this must have been great encouragement for paul To come to a synagogue where they are ready to give him a fair hearing. Where they are going to allow him to proclaim the gospel of Christ from the scriptures. And one of the reasons why they, they received this word with great eagerness is because they realized its relevance to their own lives. And we know that the Holy Spirit is the person that prepared the minds of these people. God prepared the soil. God was preparing the hearts of these variants. Not Paul. He could go there and tickle their ears. He can go in there and entertain them. But no, he doesn't do that. He goes in and preaches Christ crucified. You've just got to go back to chapter 17. And we're in verses 3 and 4. Or verse 3, where he basically preached the resurrection and where he preached Christ's sufferings that's the gospel doesn't play down the gospel but he also knows like I said that the Holy Spirit is the person who prepares the hearts of the people if you if you want to know then you just look at Colossians chapter 4 verses 3 to 6 at the same time pray also for us this is paul writing to the church of Colossae. pray for us that god may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of christ on account of which i am in prison that i may make it clear which is how i ought to speak Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Even though Paul is a chosen apostle, and he's this man that's steeped in Judaism, and now God is using in, in a mighty way to proclaim Christ, to to witness, to evangelize, he, he still relies on God to open the door. And that's one thing we can learn. If we're if we going to go and witness to an unbeliever, and let's say this unbeliever is very religious, and they know the scriptures and they and they are are they have a Bible, then encourage them to bring the Scriptures with, bring their Bible with. And you take your Bible like a noble-minded Christian. And then the two of you can reason out of the Scriptures. But before you go, pray that God will open up a door for them to receive the Word with eagerness. Our fight is not flesh and blood. Our fight is a supernatural fight. And we should rely on prayer and pray more than what we do when we're going to go and, and, and proclaim the gospel or witness to someone. Or help them see the truth from the scriptures. Help them to see Christ from the scriptures. Especially if it's a religious person. And you know that they talk about, they read their Bible, etc, etc. Challenge them to bring their Bible. You take your Bible and you do what Paul does here with the Bereans. We need to, ourselves, receive the word with eagerness. There's a principle here. They received the word from Paul to get to know this Christ with eagerness. But do we receive the word in the congregation with eagerness to want to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Wanting to allow God's word to rebuke us and correct us and refute us and train us in righteousness so that we can go out there and live godly lives. Do I receive the word with eagerness when I prepare? Does it grow me or do I just go through a, a, a retope thing? Just, just do it by remote, sorry. Just, just not really worry about allowing the word to, to grow me and sanctify me. I just do it like a mechanical thing. Am I receiving the word with eagerness and then come here and share it with you with eagerness? Jesus received the word with eagerness. It's amazing how he showed that when he was challenged and and tempted, especially in the wilderness temptations, how he used scripture to fight off Satan. Satan challenges him. He comes to prove that that the truth of his Father's word is is not truth. But because Jesus was a noble-minded Jew, he received his Father's word with eagerness. he was able to use scripture to defeat off Satan. I think we're living in times when we don't really make good use of God's word for anything. This is a treasure that's been given to us, a precious treasure. It's has saved us. The word of truth has saved us. And the word of truth is also also there to sanctify us and grow us and mature us in Christ's likeness. And then also to go and be a witness, to go fight the good fight for the sake of Christ, using the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word, alone. Noble-minded Christians receive God's word with eagerness. If you come here this morning, To receive the word of God with eagerness, readiness of mind. I don't know your heart. God knows your heart. God sees the heart. Do we really, really treasure God's word in our hearts? Saturate our minds and our hearts with God's word so we may not sin against him. I'm not saying we're called to be perfect Christians. If we sin, we ask God to forgive us. If we sin against someone else, we go to them and ask them to forgive us. And God, that's love. That's working together in brotherly love. That's being a Christian. We'll stop here and we'll just ask ourselves this first thing from Acts chapter 17, verses 10 to 11, that that shows us what a noble-minded Christian looks like. They receive the word with eagerness. Will you be like the Bereans and receive the word with eagerness, which shows that you are a noble-minded Christian? Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive our sins and not to leave us to do our own thing, To go out there and do as we please. He's the one that has saved us. Bringing us to God, His Father. To give us the Holy Spirit. To help us to know and understand the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit indwells us. And we we should pray for the Holy Spirit to, to illuminate the Scriptures. Teach us the truth. So we can walk in truthfulness and speak the truth in love with a tender heart to people. Share the Gospel with people. Go and correct someone. Go and rebuke someone that is in sin. But all done in love. Because when you were saved, God poured out His love into your heart. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. And we need to be led by the Spirit as we do these things. God has given us His Word. This Bible, this great book, which is alive, is all about Jesus. It's the Word in the beginning was the word and talking about Jesus and God's word is powerful it's effective and it is our duty and joy as noble minded Christians to receive it with eagerness and go out there and share it with eagerness will we do that will we stop allowing our circumstances to get in the way Will the joy of God's word become our strength? Not the joy of the things of the world. A hey, temporary. Will we walk out that door this morning and become noble minded Christians. Eager to receive the word. Eager to share the word.
1: Eager to live
0: the word. Will there be great eagerness in our hearts? Let's pray. Father, forgive us, forgive me. There are times when I open up the Bible and I don't receive it with eagerness. There are times when I'm tired. But I thank you when I'm unfaithful, you remain faithful. And Father, I don't think I'm alone. Forgive us all, Father. Help us to to repent and to turn from our worldly things, turn from the earthly things to the heavenly things where Christ is seated. And give us wisdom to receive your word with eagerness. Help us to become noble-minded Christians. Help us, Father. Please. Please help us to... To open up the word with trembling and pray that you would help us to grow in it to change us to transform us more into christ likeness to sanctify us to clean us so that we can live godly lives but also to become more joyful in receiving your word with eagerness Father please help us, help us now when we come to the Lord's Supper to reflect on what the cross really means to us. We know there on the cross your Son willingly and voluntarily gave himself up to die for us, for our sins to be forgiven, to turn your wrath and your judgement from us. We know we deserve your wrath, your judgment. We deserve the cross, not Jesus. So help us, Father, when we come to the Lord's Supper, to reflect on what it really means to our hearts. Do we receive it with eagerness? pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.